Hi y'all, this is A Cup with Joe, and I'm Jordan Chalacey. On this episode, I'll be documenting interview style with Wayne Chalacey Sr. Wayne Sr. has been part of the community for more than 30 years. He's also my grandpa. I call him Papa. I wanted him to be my very first interview. I thought it would be so fitting just because I look up to him. He's so amazing. He's accomplished so much in his life. He's so successful. He's so loving. There's so many amazing things about him and I just wanted to share with you his story and what makes him who he is. I do want to ask for y'all to excuse that I am really sick on this episode and I did want to disclose it was recorded a year ago. Hope you enjoy the episode. This company is supposed to clean our grease trap out of it. It's not below the ground. And they only clean one cylinder and the San Jacinto River Authority opened it up yesterday and they called me and said, you got 32 hours to get this thing cleaned out. And I'm thinking, I just cleaned it four weeks ago. It, and I go, I'm on a schedule every 90 days, which is more than enough. Well, the driver didn't clean out the second hole. He opened one of those big round things, but it didn't open the second one. And it was about to go into the water system, which it makes it hard when it, I mean, it would have gone into the place that makes the water clean but it makes it harder for them to do that when it's combined with grease okay what you got baby okay so i i'm obviously sick yeah i hear that now but i wanted to get this done over with so hopefully you'll do most of the talking but i'll um, do my best so i want this to be more of a conversation and then at the end i have 10 rapid fire questions okay so. Now you remember Papa came from New Orleans driving an old 55 Ford in 1965 and I was a stock clerk making a dollar an hour and your daddy was a year old. I did So it's important to know that this didn't happen overnight. Yes. And it didn't happen with an education. And it that's happened. exactly what I want. I want from okay. the beginning. Good. And I want, okay. you know, kind of to follow, kind of to follow the chronological story okay. of your life. Okay. So that... You, you can start in New Orleans being born there if you want or however you want to do it. You just want me to talk and then you're going to fill in the blank. Okay. <laughs> Go baby. What you want? How did you get here? Well, I was born and raised in New Orleans. It helps to have a nice New Orleans restaurant because I was born there. And uh, But at any rate, um, when I was about 18 years old, um, I wasn't able to sell at Sears because they kept me in the stock room at a dollar an hour, and that was gross pay. Um, and so I'd call my brother, who was a pilot here in the Houston area, and he said, Wayne, you got to come to Houston. It was uh, around March or April of 1965, and uh, it sure sounded good to me. So Wayne Jr. was about a year old and uh, packed up the car, the old 55 Ford, which wouldn't even make it to Houston, so we had to haul it behind a truck with about one-third of furniture in it because we didn't have a whole lot. Pulled into town on April 9th, 1965, and it was the best thing I ever did. And uh, it's rather ironic, but the Astrodome was having its first baseball game on that day, 
the Yankees were playing the Astros, and the Astros won two to one, but Mickey Mantle hit the first home run in the Astrodome. And I've been a baseball fan ever since, even to the point that I was out there last night for a devastating defeat. But that's not what you want to hear. Um, so came here and uh, came with a letter of recommendation from Sears in New Orleans, who I had worked for for three and a half years. Went to the Sears South Main store and applied for a salesman. And they told me they had no sales jobs available, but they did have room in the stock room. So here we go again. I did get a little bit of a raise, but uh, I stayed there for a year. And a wonderful man by the name of Kenny Voigt, who was the operating superintendent at Sears, said, Wayne, if you stay here a year, I'll move you out into selling. So he did. Put me into automotive. A year later, I was selling washers and dryers, which was kind of the best place you could be to make money. And then uh, I transitioned over to Allstate Insurance with a 32-year career. So how did you last 32 years in a really tough industry? It wasn't easy in the beginning. Uh, they put me... Since I had worked at Sears and Sears owned Allstate, they were not happy to find out that Wayne Shalacy had become an employee of Allstate. So instead of letting me work at the best Sears store where Allstate agents were making good money, they uh, made a deal with Allstate that they would allow me to continue to work for them, but I had to go to the Wayside Sears store, which we affectionately called the Golden Pit because it was a, it was a poor area, but it actually turned out to be the best area I could have been at because I just love the people over there in the Harrisburg Wayside area and uh, was quite successful. The first year I made what they call Allstate Honoring and uh, then made it every year after that for 32 years and eventually became the number one agent in life insurance and agent of the year in Texas for 16 years in a row. So great career, retired at 55. Expecting to never work again, and um, I did my own stocks and everything, which I had no experience with that, so I read some books on uh, um, Warren Buffett, and uh, turned, that turned out really, really good, and, and that's kind of where my community work got involved with. Uh, Debbie, my wife, and I uh, were the... Uh, on the original board that started Family Outreach of North Harris County, which was a uh, uh, abuse center with a paid uh, Harris County, uh, whatever you call those people, I can't remember, but you know, uh, <clears throat> that investigated child abuse. And that was really nice and rewarding. I was board president of our civic association. <clears throat> and then, um, when Zachary went to Cypress Christian School, I was asked to be on the board there, and uh, they made me the development director, which then eventually, the next year, I became president and did that for about five years, and it's a great school, and I'm real honored to uh, some of the stuff on my resume. You can read what, what was accomplished. And then, uh, and while I was there, God put it on my heart to start a church. I wasn't to be the preacher, thank goodness, for everybody. <laughs> but I was to start it. And so I was given two names by the Lord. And uh, the first one I asked had just accepted a job in Texarkana, Texas. <clears throat> and the second one had to go back to Mexico City, which was Mark Shook. And uh, I didn't know what to do at that point other than wait for another name. And the Lord didn't give me another name. But just a few weeks later, Mark came back 
and was released by the Union Baptist Convention to where he didn't have to put in another two years in Mexico City. And he said, let's start that church. So we started uh, what is now today Community of Faith out on 290. Uh, sitting on about 28, 30 acres, and uh, it's just a beautiful mega church, and a lot of great work is there. So, still wanted to be retired, but uh, then my son-in-law wanted me to help him get his uh, surgery center. He is a skin cancer surgeon. They know they call him Mohs, M-O-H-S surgeons, and I told him I didn't know anything about building out a surgery center. But he told me he only had 71 days to do it. It was a July 4th weekend, and he had patients scheduled for surgery. So for some crazy reason, I accepted the job, and we did get it done in 71 days. Had surgeries on the exact day of his first appointment. That kind of led me to being approached by the landlord of that building to do 30 to 32 more doctor's build-outs at St. Luke's and Pinecroft and uh, even in uh, the Willowbrook uh, Hargrave area. So that was a lot of fun, made a little money. And uh, But then my son-in-law, Brent Shook, said, why don't you hang in here and help me manage this place till I find a office manager. And I said, I will, only until then. Uh, that's was 10 years ago this month, and I'm still there. And uh, uh, then, of course, the guys were wanting to close the little small Shalacy's Poor Boy Shop, which I was the original dish- dishwasher and bill payer of that place as it got going. And, and the guys were there for five, Wayne Jr. was there for five years and it was successful. And when they said, let's move, can we move the restaurant to the Woodlands? I knew what that meant, more money to move the restaurant to the Woodlands. But I said, y'all earned it, let's do it. And so that's where we're at today with Shalacy's New Orleans Kitchen. And uh, it's been great. It's been a great five and a half years, be six years in December. And uh, way beyond what I ever expected. And uh, the new restaurant, or the second restaurant, we have signed a lease in Sugarland, Texas, at the new Imperial Market where the old sugar mill was. So that'll be about a year away. And uh, now I can talk about the greatest thing, and that is to raise four children and have 12 beautiful grandchildren, <clears throat> of which Jordan Marie Shalacy is my oldest beautiful granddaughter. And we won't talk about the flight to Fayetteville, North Carolina, when her daddy was in the Army and they forgot to give me diapers. Uh, and you can imagine what happened before we, the plane landed. So we'll move on from that. But um, uh, my son Wayne Jr. was in the 82nd Airborne and was uh, in Operation Desert Storm and Desert Shield. And that was, uh, that was really close to my heart because I didn't want another Vietnam. And Wayne appealed to me to please don't let that happen, Dad. I, these guys are lonely here and all that, so I first sent over about a thousand miniature American flags, which I got letters from these soldiers at TFCI. Then the, uh, the governor put me on a te- welcome home to Texas Troops Committee. Wayne came back, and after I talked to about 50,000 kids in the schools about supporting the soldiers, and that worked out real well. And then I was appointed on the welcome home to Texas Troops Committee in the big parade in Welcome Home in Austin. And uh, in fact, Coach T- 
Tom Landry of the old Dallas Cowboys uh, coach uh, was on the board with me and also uh, Ross Perot. That was a lot of fun. I guess that's about it. I mean, there's a few other things in there mixed in, but God's been good to me. Uh, I will tell you that I will invite your guests uh, to any of the men who want to come to a great Bible study on Saturday morning at Shalacy's New Orleans Kitchen. We meet at 7.30. I do not put the beignets on because I don't want to burn the place down, but we do have some Shipley donuts. And for one hour, we get into the scripture. And 17 guys meet here. and. Uh, it's a great, uh, a great way to start your Saturday morning. All men are invited. So it's easy to see why I admire you, not just because you're my grandfather or my papa, but because you've accomplished so much in your life. And one thing that's really important to me is to establish, a, you know, to feel like I really belong in a community. And so right. I wanted you to speak more about the community, like spring in 1960, where you raised your family and how you made a home there. Well, we, uh, when, I, when I left the Searstorm Wayside, which was five years into my career, uh, me and seven other agents were the Allstate pioneers in the 1960 area. I got to go back to 1974 when 1960 was a two-lane road with open ditches. They called it Jack Rabbit Road, still do, but uh, it's grown as everyone knows. But uh, I loved it out here. Love watching these big old houses getting built, and I knew that that was a good premium on the homeowner's policy that I wrote. I got to know a lot of the real estate agents, and they sent me business. And um, the most important thing is to take care of my customers. And then before I knew it, I had some 7,000 customers, and they were, they were my actual solicitors. They worked for me because they believed in me, and they knew that I'd take care of them. So they sent me their friends and relatives. And, that kind of led to the success of that. Um, uh, I think it's real important to be involved in the community. I love the people of that area, just as I love the people here in the, in the woodlands where we live in now. Uh, we went to Champion Forest Baptist Church, which I thought was really important for all my kids, and me especially, as leader of the house. And. Um, Probably had about two or three different houses mm -hmm. in the Champions area. Uh, Champion Forest is where our last home was before we um, moved on. And um, it, it, it's good for your business, but it also gives you a good feeling when you're putting something back into the community that gave you a career. So um, all the kids went to school in that area and, uh, and then on to either the Army or college or getting married. Awesome. So there's a million questions I could ask you. Go for it. Um, but I have picked out 10 okay. rapid fire questions. Um, okay. Obviously I'm sick, so bear with me. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Is this where you thought you would end up? No. I never know where I'm going to end up. That's apparent because people come to me and approach me and challenge me to do something and I generally accept. And so... Um, I do know this, though, retiring at 55 wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, and, I, and I think it's important to say right now that it sounds like I'm a workaholic. It sounds like it's work first, family second, but it's not. It's faith first, family second, and work is, uh, is last. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I make it a point to be home every afternoon. 
and Deb and I work, we work together one shift. And so I know this is a rapid fire question, but to answer it real quick. Um, the questions uh, are rapid fire, not the I answers. Don't, I don't know, no, I, don't, I have no idea. In fact, I've got one thing that God put on my heart that has not been accomplished yet. And I'm 71 years old, so I'm running out of time. Uh, and God said to start a college. A university. So the next question you'll see here is what are you currently trying to accomplish? Well, I'm still praying about it. I fast about it. I think a 30-day fast is always good. That's how we had the Bible study come up here. God said start a Bible study. Explain the 30-day fast. Uh, it was a Bill Bright fast. Uh, he's had a number of 40-day fasts and uh, he was a wonderful Christian man who's now going to be with the Lord. But a 30-day a fast means you don't eat for 30 days. You're on liquids. Uh, the Bill Bright fast uh, is pretty strict. You have to prepare for it a few days before, and then you have to prepare after. You can't just start eating fried chicken the day after your fast. And I, think about it, Jordan. Um, I work at a restaurant, and I have to smell all this good food on this 30-day fast. And I can honestly tell you, as your papa, that I stuck to that fast. And it was, it was great for me spiritually, and it was great to, to accomplish that. And so uh, I think a fast is when you're searching really for what the Lord wants you to do, what direction, and it uh, worked out real well for me. I don't need to lose weight. I go in at 168 pounds. I think I was about 157 after the fast. But at any rate, I'm happy to say I'm back up to that other weight. But that's it. So the college or university? Oh, the university, uh, I know where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be between here in the Woodlands area, somewhere between here and College Station. It's to be a Christian university. I'm still waiting for somebody to give me a couple of hundred acres somewhere around uh, uh, Bluebell Country, around Brenham or uh, Navasota. Uh, it's beautiful up there. I can see rolling hills. I can see buildings. I can see students. And so we'll why see does, how that goes. Why does the world need this university? What would be different about it? Well, if you go back in the history of the United States, Harvard and all the Ivy League schools were once Christian schools. And that is anything but the truth today. As liberalism has kind of taken over in our colleges, we do have some great Christian schools, but I just think with what the talent that God's given me, that I'm able to do it. I'm able to bring in the right teachers and administrators. I am not to run it, no more than I was to run the church. I was to be the administrator for a year, get it started, and then move on. So this is the same case, but uh, I have been in contact with a lot of folks that are interested and uh, encourage me to do it. And uh, yeah, the longer I, there's two ways of looking at this. The longer I put it off, the more God might keep me around, you know? I could be 110 working on this thing, you know? I think once it's accomplished, it may be, you know, it's so cool. pushing, uh, pushing daisies after that, you know? Okay. okay. So, um, what are you most proud of? I think my family. Uh, we've had tragedies in our family, as you know. We've had ups and downs, but um, my wife is the best thing that ever happened to me 35 years ago. And uh, 
I'm, 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 I'm proud sitting across the table from you, Jordan, and what you've accomplished. And I think the sky's the limit. I think you're a natural-born salesman like your <laughs> papa. And so I encourage you to keep reaching and growing. But love your family, too, and love the Lord. So who do you admire most and why? Admire most? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Or a mentor in your life? Or a Christian figure? Well, I think all the Bible study groups that I've been in, I've, there's been some strong men that I admire. Uh, I admire my pastor of many, many years, Damon Shook. He was very instrumental in my work with the Lord, still is, since my daughter is married to their youngest son. Just a, a great man and a great gentleman and uh, a wonderful, wonderful Christian family. I think as far as, you know, leaders, I think Abraham Lincoln was incredible. Uh, he had the toughest time. They said he walked around the White House barefoot. He was skinny as a scarecrow. Uh, I think he was really hurting for this nation going through what it went through. Um, I want to remind everybody he was a Republican, too. <laughs> I think you know that I'm rather conservative, but uh, kind of upset with everybody right now. But it's going to all work out. God's in control. <laughs> What is your most effective daily habit? Uh, getting up at 5 o'clock, having everything out from the night before so that I don't have to with my eyes half open and, you know, struggling to get started. Uh, and getting out of the house by about 7 o'clock and uh, being productive that day. And nipping things in the bud as they happen. Do not put anything off you know builders and contractors have a punch list after they finish a house you know they have to go back and do things I don't want a punch list I want a list but it's a to do that day list if it dribbles into tomorrow that's okay for whatever reason but you, you do something about that list immediately and don't don't dig a hole to where there's a dump truck backing up, dumping a load of dirt on you, and you have a tablespoon trying to dig yourself out, and here comes another truck, because that's stress. And to, to keep stress out of your life is to lay your head on your pillow each night with the satisfaction that all I got to look forward to is what happens tomorrow morning. I don't have to look forward to what's been happening in the last few weeks. They're behind me, and we press on. Do you think this has contributed to you staying so sharp? I do, yeah, I do. Because the first thing you do when you're behind all the time and when you're stressed all the time is you feel bad about yourself. You don't like looking in the mirror. Uh, not the prettiest thing to look in the mirror, but I know one thing, I don't have, I don't have the things on my shoulders that a lot of people carry. Um. How old were you when you started that habit of waking up at 5 o'clock every morning? Well, it didn't come natural. Um, just through time and discipline, uh, probably somewhere in the time of being an insurance agent after the five years moving out in the 1960 area and becoming more involved in things to where I knew that my day was going to be busy and I had to appropriate proper time. Um, 
but I mean, it's like Audrey told me, she said, Dad, I'm giving Grayson your middle name, Charles, and I want him to grow up just like you. And I thought, oh, baby, the first 28 years is going to be pretty tough on that little guy. So nothing comes naturally. It's, it's programming your mind that I can do this and I am going to do it. I mean, I walk around with arthritis in my hands and I can complain a lot about a lot of things, my vision, but uh, won't get you anywhere. So you just dig in and, I mean, I, I still learn things every day. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's just so many things to still learn at 71 years old. So I think time equals maturity, time equals, um, um, oh, come on, what is it when a person starts with an S and I can't think of it? Um, you grow in, um, I'll think of it in a minute. <laughs> So what moment or event in your life did you learn the most from? Well, the most was hearing a pastor preaching on Hebrews 12.5 about the discipline of the Lord. And I, he devastated me when he said that if you do not feel God's discipline, then, then you're not an accepted child. You're illegitimate, and that's in scripture. And it hit me right between the eyes, and I knew that I needed to nail down my salvation that night, and I did. And that's given me great peace ever since. Uh, it was, I think it was like in 80, I have the date in my Bible, but um, it really changed my life. And, and I do feel God's discipline, and so I kind of laugh about it. You know, it's like, hey, he accepted me, he loves me. What do you wish you would have known in your 30s? What do I wish I'd have known in my 30s? It would be nice if I'd have known Debbie then. It came five years later. Yeah. That would have been really important to me. But uh, it's kind of hard to think back in my 30s. Um, I think I was successful in the insurance business, but my personal life was, wasn't really where it needed to be. Uh, your Mimi changed things. She really did. She she grounded me. She put my feet on the ground. She had. She was the single most important person at that time because she believed in me. And you you, you really want to have somebody that believe in you. That's why I'm telling you, I believe in you, and you're gonna do it, and you're gonna do well. What do you do to live a balanced life? Maybe along the lines of separating Keep, Well, to live a balanced life is a lot of different things, but I, I, I tell you one of the most important things to me is, is that the belt hole stays the same. <laughs> it doesn't expand or it doesn't contract. It can contract a little bit, that's fine with me. But I think... Uh, I drink protein drinks at lunch during the day. I generally don't eat a big lunch. Uh, Mimi and I eat early in the afternoon. We try to eat healthy. Um, I, and I know it sounds crazy, but I, I, I take care of my teeth because I think more bacteria comes from your teeth into your body than anything else. I believe in probiotics because I believe everything 
that happens is caused in your stomach area. And so, um, I want to live a little while. Uh, you know, I, 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 I figured I've got it all worked out. I mean, I've been through the heart thing and everything, and my heart doctor said, Wayne, you're going to live a long life as far as, as, far as your heart goes. So I figure it's going to be road rage probably. I, I have no control over tolerance for other people. So oh it'll probably be road rage. I got upset with a guy at the Astrodome, Astrodome at, the, at Minute Maid Park last night because I kept standing up, blocking my attention to some of the important plays Doesn't I needed to be watching. Isn't it name? Huh? Isn't it like past Minute Maid at this point? Has the st stadium been renamed again? No, it's no, Minute Maid. No, it's still Minute Maid. I it's can't Minute Maid. Yeah. What did I call it? You said Minute Maid, but I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah, it's Minute Maid. I yeah. know, NRG. Oh, all cute little commercials piece. with that little boy and little girl with the orange juice. and all. Watch cable. Okay. <laughs> probably good. <laughs> what do you want others to know about you? Nothing. Nothing? What about legacy? Hmm. That happens automatically. You know, I'm, I mean, it's not it's not on my to-do list. Um, I love people. You know, I grew up during the days of segregation, and over time that has certainly changed with me. I have no bitterness for anyone, again, other than drivers of all colors. <laughs> but, uh, and I'm teasing about that, but I do have to work on that because I, I, I do have a tendency of being in a hurry just as I was just now to get back over here to be interviewed with you. I don't, I don't think I have anything else to prove. Another restaurant doesn't do yeah, anything do from anything. Nah, it's no big deal. What is a question I didn't ask you, but I should have? Sweetie, I think you did a thorough job. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just... Parting piece of wisdom? That was the word I was trying to think of earlier. Thank you. Which one? Wisdom comes with age. Wisdom comes with age. You don't, you're not born with it. You don't inherit it. You develop it from within. And so it means staying grounded. It means taking a bad situation and making it good or allowing it never to happen again. Discipline yourself. And, I, and there's no book with more wisdom in it than the Bible. So, that's it. Thank you very much for letting my very first interview be with you. You're welcome. I love you. I love you too, baby. Thank you for listening to the first episode of A Cup with Joe, where I was pocumenting with Wayne Schlacey Sr. You'll be able to find everything you need to know about the Schlacey's Restaurant in the show notes. If you would like to be interviewed on my next episode, feel free to reach out to me. My cell phone number is 832-493-6685. Or if you know of a company or business or an awesome person in our community that you think would be interested in um, being featured on A Cup with Joe, please let me know. I love y'all. I hope everyone has a fantastic day. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.